right, welcome everybody to another episode of Sci-Fi Distilled. It's another make me watch. This time mm -hmm. they made me watch. We made Rizzo watch. Kent and yeah. I made Rizzo watch. Let me get the <laughs> comments up here. So uh, we got, uh, we are doing the space battleship Yamato or Yamato, however you want to pronounce it. If uh, you're not familiar with that, that is the 2010 live action version of what we in America knew as Star Blazers, which was an anime, which I believe it was still called in Japan, actually was Starship or star star battleship um, space battleship, space battleship. Uh, yamato, yamato space battleship yamato so, yeah. but of course they they americanized it and called it star blazers i remember it as a kid as a cartoon but i really don't remember the cartoon i just remember that oh old. you don't remember okay i was wondering I about do, that i mean i remember watching it but i couldn't tell you anything about what happened it was like a one pass type thing Really? No, and wow, I watched it every day after school. Was in my brain. Them, like I couldn't get I enough. Never, of it. I'm never a huge, huge anime fan. Wow. Um, I mean, I wow. watched some of the stuff, but never got. You know, let's face it; it's a little strange. Oh yeah, we got to do our uh, drink. Let's do our drink before, and then we're gonna, then we're gonna hit it. Cause I forget. But here, I feel let me like I've up. got a lot to say, and I don't sake. know where to start. Not, so, I don't have sake. It's so vodka. hang on, let's go to. Where is my drink? Oh, I left put up our drink today. Hang on, takes. I'm I'm slow today. I'm slow. There it is, sake, sake. If you haven't had I'm that, high. it's a clear, basically rice wine. Properly served, it should be 98.7 degrees. Yes, although it can be. I am not drinking that today. I am not either. I didn't have I any. Got a little wee little just kind of. But cheers, everyone. Yeah. Salud. Cheers. Kampai. Um, I have to say, Dave Lafredo, that was a fantastic idea you had for the Cosmo DNA. I don't know why we didn't think of that, but oh well. Because we're just not that clever, see? We're not that clever. But the sake fits too, because the doctor uh, in, so drunk. In, was, the, was a functioning alcoholic, yes, which of course they completely, you know, for kids, for the American children, must protect little ears, but. Uh, yes, the, the doctor was a functioning alcoholic. So her, her depiction of her running around with a sake and a cat was fairly well, accurate. That's what I'm saying. There's so weird. And so watching this film, because it's clearly was, you know, it's a Japanese film made for Japanese audiences, um, dubbed into English. I kept that in the back of my head the whole time that this was not made for the Western audiences or american audiences especially but right um and i know mary beth you had told me that you you were kind of thought that the, the dub didn't really work or fit right um i didn't think it was that bad i thought for the most part you, you i mean it was i thought that it was clear and you kind of but you're right it it's a little quirky and corny at times because i don't think the japanese language translates to english very well completely I mean, well, you know what I'm saying? I don't think it it's translates. So, grammatically, uh, it's quite different. Yeah, and well, I yeah, think yeah, but so I I've seen this movie like three times just in the past couple weeks now. I watched it twice with the English dub, and then I watched it with the subtitles. There are a few minor differences with the subtitles, but nothing meaning-wise, nothing that's going to change the whole movie. But hearing them say it, well, in their the story's not terribly <laughs> complex anyway. No, it's not a com complex story. Yeah. Uh, but hearing them say it in their Japanese, but it's. Yeah, you know what? It's still kind of melodramatic. It's just, I mean, on a scale of Walter Cronkite to telenovela, they're pushing the telenovela end of the story. <laughs> yep. I, I guess, you know, from, from, That's a a good sheerly, way to put it. from a sheerly entertainment point of view, 
I, I actually liked it. I, I found it entertaining. I thought the visual effects were good. Uh, CGI stuff was pretty good. It's 10 years old now. Yeah. Um, you know, yep. the story was okay. It kind of was reminding me like of a video game story in a lot it, of ways. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like I should have been somehow had a controller in my hand and and playing. This <laughs> in a lot of ways, yes. So just super quick background. I, I think everyone watching is familiar, but just in case someone stumbles across this video and they are not familiar, super, super quick. This thing debuted in 74. It is a beloved Japanese cartoon. The main gist of it is the bad guys, the Gamelons, bombard the Earth with radiation bombs because they're going to terraform and take it over anyway, so they don't care what's going on the surface. Bombard the Earth, make the surface uninhabitable, the people flee underground. And then along comes a message of hope from a planet called Iskandar where they say, hey, um, here's blueprints for a gun and an engine. Come get this device that'll get rid of the radiation. I forget what they say about the bad guys. And if they send blueprints for guns and engines, why don't they send blueprints for things that remove radiation? I don't know. And so off they go. And that's the general premise. Um, they are trying to cram like 26 episodes into two. Into, yeah. And they included a lot. There were a ton of little details in there that I was like, okay, you know what? Westerners would have skipped over that. Like Westerners would have cut that out to keep the story going. I think I think that that's very really, uh, accurate. You know, that's a good point because I think it's again that's the way that they, it, you know, the cultural differences where we would I think, think the important. Japanese they would have rebelled if they'd skipped some of that stuff. I think they would have had a rebellion. Yeah, I think because it, it would not. Yeah. Beloved, beloved, beloved cartoon. Like they they love Yamato and it has many iterations and reincarnations and there's. Yamato, first season, second season, and the two, and the three, and Farewell Yamato, which is usually under Arriva Derchi Yamato, and then Be Forever Yamato, and then Yamato 2199, and then a, a bunch of other Yamato, like, it's Yamato all day, every day there, so. Yamato 2199 actually translated super well. They, they gender-swapped a lot of the characters, and they brought it up to a little more modern standards of, of behavior. Uh, I was curious but, about that. It was, um, it's quite good. I started rewatching it the other, when we were started talking about Yamato and it, um, the, the, all the space scenes are done CGI in the anime. All the space scenes are done CGI. All the animation is your standard Japanese. The mm -hmm. girls have big eyes. Mm -hmm. The guys have funky haircuts. Mm -hmm. Um, the captain is the got the beard and he's very gruff and, um, Though, though they that show set the archetype for so many anime that followed it. Yes, yes, the, yes. The fact that you've got the cocky pilot who's better at everything else than than anybody. You've got the, the pilot captain kind of. Yep, the pilot and captain argue. The captain is a grizzled veteran who's war weary and and but he's got stern authority. Um, the doctor is a wacko always. Um, there's a science guy with glasses. There's I mean, IQ, what we called IQ nine, they called analyzer. Yep. Um, he plays a bigger role in the cartoon, much bigger role in the cartoon. Um, he was the comic and, relief and for a lot of I'll stuff. I'll just point out that characters like IQ nine and seven quark seven from, from battle of the planets, they were all around long before R2D2. Like it was, yep. they were first and then came R2D2, but the archetype and, is there. And I think Lucas was channeling that. Yeah. Probably to I mean, some degree, certainly. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he, he, you know, everything is comes from something else. It always seems like, you know, right. And and they say he stole from World War II films, 
he also stole, he stole from the straight Fortress. from Starblazers. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, he stole from a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but that's that's the that's the story of. But I mean, this movie then took cues from. By then, the Battlestar reboot was out, and I think this movie took a bunch of cues from it. Yep. So. You know, so I'm going to take a second to say hello to everyone tuning in. We've got Roy and Phil and Bruce and probably the Sue, half of John and Sue. Martin is here. Let's see who else. I thought I saw that Dean popped in. Hi, Dean. How are you doing? Um, I'm just seeing who's saying what over here on the... Um, was it Starblazers or Robotech? Phil is asking that ran before STT and Jake both. Um, both of these came out like I feel like these were in the states by early, if not seventy nine, early eighties. Um, seventy nine, eighty, I think, because I remember my my family didn't have cable, but after school I went to a friend's house until my mom got off work to pick us up and everything, and they had cable, and that's where I was exposed to it, and that was before we moved to New York, so that would have been a seventy nine, eighty, because yeah. I moved here in eighty one, so yeah. Phil says, uh, it's not just a space opera. Yeah, this thing was my first exposure to a serial cartoon, like a story that the story can and not like, you know, Scooby-Doo well, where it was just monster. Right, and that's that's something that we never saw even in, in the United States as kids of story. They were always just episodic, you know, that was, of course. Yeah, we stand episodes. Scooby-Doo always yeah. the same story, but. This and Robotech were probably my first exposure, which speaking of Robotech, somebody either in the comments or maybe Kent will remember. In this movie, they have our hero Kodai go and save the girl Yuki by having her eject out and he flips his plane into what I would call Guardian. Those of you who watch Robotech. Gundam mode. Uh, yeah, kind of does. Yeah. And I have zero memory of the of the Star Blazer ships doing that. I thought that was strictly Robotech. Can somebody jump That was that was Robotech. Um they didn't do it in the original series, but they do in 2199, I think. Oh, so good. they may have taken okay. it from 2199. Okay, so uh, that was like a total. And it was only his fighter. Right there. His fighter's the his only fight. one. Oh, yeah. yeah, he did say that his Cosmo, whatever it was called, Cosmo Flyer or whatever the hell it was called. Yeah. Cosmo Zero. Yeah, Cosmo Zero. Because he was going to Because the Zeros were, yeah. the, were the Japanese planes in World yeah, War II. One of the, that is, it is one of the things I noted was that there's a lot of, um, I don't know how the right word, I mean, it's like a lot of, yeah, not no, 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 nod. Nod yeah, to, to the Second World War. I mean, to the, yeah. to the original battleship. Oh, course. absolutely. And, you know, in the original I, cartoon. You know, a little bit of a, you know, as the American watching this going, are they kidding? It was, you know, they, <laughs> you know, they were the More than you know, in the war. original cartoon, <laughs> they built the ship out of the bones right, of the exactly. original Yamato. It's, it looked like a it's not just name the Yamato, it is the Yamato. Yeah, right. They, they yeah. found it where it sank, yeah. which was now exposed because the atmosphere and the oceans have been blown away. <laughs> um, and then they used the metal from that to build the space battle cruiser Yamato. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. so, that's a sore point for the Japanese. They sent her out on her only mission and the, the dastardly Americans sank her. Yeah, so super, super, I'm going to summarize, I'm going to generalize, super generalize, because I don't want to get into he hot and heavy into World War II history. The Yamato was a real ship. It was for a hot second, the most powerful thing on the water. And yep. it was sent to defend, it was kind of at Midway, but it didn't do anything. It was sent to defend Okinawa. Uh, its mission was pretty much defend Okinawa. I mean, it, it was kind of a one-way mission. They said, if you don't, if you don't stop them from the water, 
beach the ship and fight him on the land. So yeah. I, this was kind of a one-way mission. And so I think when he evokes the old Yamato in that speech at the end of the movie, he is also kind of evoking the concept this could be a one-way mission, and indeed it is for most of the landing party. Yeah. So I, that's where I think, you know. I have a hard time separating the movie, the live action movie from the original Yamato, which is clouded up in my head and 2199. There's those, all those iterations are so close that I yes. remember the scene distinctly from 2199, but then it showed up in the live action and I'm like- Yeah, beat for beat. Huh. The scene where the captain dies and he says, doctor, could you leave me? And the doctor, and right at the door, when the doctor gets right to the door, the captain says, thank you, doctor. And then he he looks at a picture and then he dies. That was almost beat for beat, shot for shot, exactly the same as the cartoon. Yep. And that's, that's what I'm saying. They kept so much of that, that I know ja like Japanese audiences and the diehard fans here in the States, we were like, we were squeeing. We were squeeing left and right. But folks like Rizzo, who are maybe not familiar with her, were like, okay. Nah. <laughs> the timing, the pacing, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I watched it pretty much. I like I said, I have no recollection of the original yeah. of the original cartoon other than the song. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Because you know, like, they said they said Yar Star Blazers. Yeah, and, Star. Yeah, and that's the only thing I really remember uh from the cartoon. Um I don't know if it was just on at an odd time. I, I don't I know I didn't watch it super regular i mean i mean i'd seen it but that was it must have been on at a weird time for you because yeah i that, don't know I, that was like that was like must see tv for I, mean, a while. I do remember i do remember battle of the planets um i remember that well and i used to watch that regularly which used to originally was called um g-force g-force yeah and, and uh and we used to watch that pretty regular um but and i did watch uh voltron Yes, yes. Um, was another. You power. knew when the blazing sword came out that the episode was pretty much over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, All right, so, which is true of the, that's also true of the wave motion gun. Yeah. When when the wave motion gun comes out, although they used it right at the time, it's going to happen. Well, yeah, when yeah when the wave motion. So here's this gun, which is pretty powerful. It's it's they a built a ship around it. Like yeah. the Death Star. Is, so what cracks me up about this gun, this amazingly powerful gun, is it has a gun trigger but it's not yeah. like you can aim it you have to move the entire yeah. ship yeah, and yeah, this thing is so powerful and has such an area of effect that you just kind of need to aim the ship in the general direction why, did, why did he why did he need to count down every time and the countdown and shoot the damn percent and then we're going to count down hey, but then he's well, like you're because, ready to shoot. okay he's like, okay 10 9 <laughs> it's like just shoot the thing shoot it. so the conceit is the Iskandarians didn't send the plans for the gun. They just sent the plans for the engine. Oh, and we figured out the gun. We perverted it into a weapon. Fascinating. Okay, yeah, well, I how did I miss that? In the movie, that's, that's what I got from it. Yeah, yeah. all right. That's we perverted it into a weapon and figured out how to make it shoot stuff. And it, it was it, like, oh. I mean, as a plot device, it's fantastic. You have to charge this thing up. You can't just fire it whenever. You gotta charge it up. And then once it's fired, you gotta rest time in between. Oh, yeah. so, which they carried into the babylon uh five right. uh yeah, i mean uh, that's like the sci-fi crutch of any super weapon any always super right. weapon, yeah. heel is that it can't yeah. be just fired non-stop you know death blossom but i mean the ship as a whole it was pretty bad i mean she was armed to the teeth she had her little yeah. her all those turrets yeah she, she had all those guns that 
He had all those big, big, big. Were they like? I don't know. I loved like I loved seeing them moving around and doing. Oh, they were on the battleship. I mean, that's that that was definitely ripped right off. I mean, that's how a real battleship worked. I mean, with those big guns. But you know, you know, honestly, she's a beautiful ship. Like there were a couple really good beauty. I know that I know we can get to the CGI later. But there were a couple of really great beauty shots of that thing, and it, yeah, it's I mean, a beautiful ship. Things that never made sense in the design, and this is just being practical, was what was that third bridge that they eventually got lost? Is hanging down? They had to shoot off. I mean, exactly. Like, it's like it's just it was like a plot device. Like we got to put ship, this thing hanging. A real ship nope. wouldn't have a third bridge. <laughs> because in the in the cartoon, they crash onto a water planet one time. They invert the ship, and that sticks up out of the water, and that's their bridge for that. Interesting. She's so they designed the ship just in case they crash on a water. Well, that's why it's got a hole shaped that way. They can still land in water and cruise around as a cruiser. But then they still got this thing hanging all the way down like a keel. Yeah. Ah. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's like a keel. Me. I'm, and, a, I'm, and I'm a sailor. The second, the second thing from the top on the top of the ship is the captain's quarters. Yeah. The captain's quarters are in a big bubble. Oh, is that what that was? I always wonder about that. Anybody would, I mean, if we want to go, we got to bring Star Trek into it because we have to. But I mean, even why would you put the, even on the Enterprise, why would you put the bridge right in the most vulnerable part of the ship? Which like, in the, the center of a big target. Place it right on top where they can, it's an easy target. Because so. you can see, because on a real battleship, so you can see your. Because, your yeah, on a real battleship, the bridges are, are placed for exactly, and there's different actually bridges. There's, there's, different yeah 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 well but yeah there's a cic and then there's the bridge there's there's there's, but there's there's a captain's bridge there's an usually an admiral flag bridge i mean there's more than just one place where they will be able to to look out but it makes practical sense Um, looks good good. but i mean look guys they they were playing as it was they were playing fast and loose with like i know i just i just found physics i'm like it's almost like a plot device because we just had to have that one little piece that we didn't really need Naval regulation was not high on their list of worries. Like this guy reenlists and he's a squadron leader and he's a bridge officer. Like that's not how reenlistment. Yeah, it's usually one or the other, not both. (laughs) Then all of a sudden, you know, he's all his problems and he makes him basically his XO. Yeah, Yeah, that's not how the military works. Anyway, mm-hmm. I found it, but otherwise, I do like the design of the ship overall. I love the design, and she's I just don't like, like the little dangly bridge part. Yeah, if 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 there's silhouettes of ships, all kinds of ships, people are gonna pick out the Enterprise, and they're probably gonna be able to pick out Yama- Yamato. Yep. Yamato. And um, the battle stars. Yeah, you can, well, the battle stars kind of all blur into a shape. It's unique. There's no question about it's it. Unique. And it's been around a while. I mean, it, I mean, the first thing when I first saw it not knowing anything like when i was a kid and i saw it i said that's a battleship oh yeah I mean, it's a battleship. oh yeah i mean and then you find out about the enormous cool, right? world raping gun on the front of it <laughs> world raping let's be diplomatic here oh no, sorry sorry you know, you know, national episode. It, it could take out a, a big ship i don't know if it's a planet oh killer. yeah it's a planet no, 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 killer. It, could, it was a planet killer it was oh, yeah. like they having the Death Star in the, in the muzzle of your ship. It didn't. It didn't shatter the planet into pieces, but it put a hole through the center of it and killed all the atmosphere and everything. Yeah. Wow, that's handy to have, I suppose. It did it in the cartoon. I don't know what they didn't use it. They use it like that twice. way. Yeah, they didn't use it. The only thing they just got the two ships. I think is all they use it for in the movie, right? They only fired it. Right. Twice. They, they fired it right. In every game. episode, when they're up against, and again, this fire. is the cartoon, but yeah. in every episode, they're up against 
another fleet or a group of fighters or somebody's hiding behind a moon and they wipe out whatever's in their way with that gun and move yeah. on to the next episode. And they move on, yeah. Just and before we'll, we'll talk about the characters, we're going to talk about the CGI. But just really quick, can I just say the cartoon? Every episode at the very end, they'd say, "Hurry, Star Blazers! There's only 124 days left, or Earth only has 124 days left." And then the next right. week, 123 days, and it was like this constant countdown, and it just gave it this sense of like urgency. You know what reminds me? That <laughs> reminds me of the body count on Battlestar when they've got the, oh, yeah. the number of people, yeah. the number of survivors on the board. Yeah. So, so since we're talking about it, Battlestar, um, I feel like there were a lot of nods, not nods, but like, you know, kind of conceptual ideas that they may have kind of taken, but it worked because like, like the render, like the way they created the bridge, like you saw the bridge and it was, it wasn't like the Enterprise bridge where everything was like, you know, like a touch screen. It was no, buttons no. and knobs buttons and then and there switches. were wires and hoses and things and papers. And when the thing tilted, Oh yeah, well, that's the other thing I gotta ask you guys about. When it tilted, stuff went sliding down the tables, which meant they actually tilted this bridge. Well, they clearly like, didn't have any um, inertial dampeners. No, no dampeners. <laughs> but the one time when they're coming in the planet, okay, maybe there's gravity in the planet, so sure, why not? But when they're in space and they rolled, there shouldn't, should Well, if they have artificial gravity, it should have just been still gravity, only we're now we're this way, we're still, yeah, it just seems right. upright. Yeah. yeah, you're kind of slicing it thin, but okay. <laughs> I mean, it's a. I mean, you're buying the fact that it's a battleship flying through space, but I mean, right. like, I have to mention some. Well, there's no reason they had artificial gravity. They were walking. <laughs> well, I assume no they had artificial floating. gravity. Obviously, they had to, otherwise they would have been. Right. Did there's you just face. look look at Dennis's comment? Which one, Austin? BSG's, but which one? Uh, oh, can next week's <laughs> episode be about Kent's beard? Yes. Yes, next week's episode will just be it's about trying to be a pirate, folks. Norsemen Yarr. and Vikings and how they wore their beards. Stay uh, tuned, guys, on sci-fi. Pulling his inner Klingon. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so back to Battlestar. So like they kind of had that look. Their their battles in space kind of ha sort of had that Battlestar look. The bridge had that mix of technology and old school stuff. That that mixed look about it. That is what I loved about the 2004 Battlestar Galactica, because they had that mix. But, like, he'd get the phone and he'd be like, Battlestar. The sound power I loved that he picked that up and he would like, go, this is, yeah, this is Galactica actual. I mean, there were so many little things in there. You're just waiting for a guy to I do know. this and crank on the thing oh, yeah. you know, to, get the, to get the engine room. Yeah, <laughs> little things like that. I just and I get that it was something the Cylons wouldn't like intercept their communications yeah. or whatever. Like but they had an analog clock on the. Yeah, break. they had an analog clock. I mean, it was just I love it. Like this close to being steampunk. Yeah, I just I don't know what it is. I just I had a long conversation with Doug Drexler about it because he did a lot of design work on that show, and I said I love that fact that they had this like old and new technology mixed. Um. Anyway, we're off topic, but I, I do okay. like I know what you're saying. Anyway. I like I like that. Uh, they did that a little bit. Yeah, I thought the ship, the interior of the ship was fairly believable. It looked cool. Um, I thought it was well looked cool. I was noting to myself was that they did put a lot of money into it. I mean, there's sets and and stuff like that. You know, well, because they know they know they have a built-in audience. Yeah, right. they have to it get it the, right. It was clearly a blockbuster for Japan. You know, yeah. like would have been our version of a Avengers movie or something. Yeah, or their version or, of Avengers. Yeah. You know, like, um, yeah. money. Speaking of money and where the money went. Um, the main, the lead actor dude guy whose name I can tell you, 
or maybe I can't. Yes, I can. The guy playing Kodai, or what, what we knew as Wildstar, was Takuya Kimura. And he had, they filmed and filmed and filmed, and it went into post, and he saw some of, you know, some of the, po like, some of the CGI work and some of the v, uh, the VFS, VFX work. And then he went off and saw Avatar. And he came back and he said to the director, his name is Yamakaze, I think. He's like, we need to come, we have, we got to step up. Like we've got to step up and, and redo it. And he actually gave up a portion of his salary and said, here, take the money and put it toward the effects so that the effects could be better. Nice. So we owe him good choice. You made the right decision. It looked awesome right up till the end when there were all those things attacking that bit started looking a little weird. Like they probably, yeah, in the cave. But a lot of, like, there was a shot where this ship is just fire, like, just guns a-blazing, firing from every port, like, from all sides, and it just looked so cool. That so good. Awesome. And the fighters, wow. they, they moved well through space. The fighters they, moved well, too, yes. They, they did a combination of swoops and, and stuff, but they also behaved the way the ships in Babylon 5 did. They could flip, mm -hmm. continue moving ass mm -hmm. forward, and shoot yeah. back behind themselves. Yeah. So they got that the physics right. Bum that the uh, his little computer guy got trashed. I analyzer, yes, and it would have made more impact if we'd actually been seeing and communicating with that thing throughout the whole film, and then it yeah. and then it dies at the end. But instead, it was a handheld, which it wasn't in any of the cartoons. It was a proper robot. It looked, the head looked like it looked when it finally turns around. It's red and it has three fins. And it was a proper robot and it would roll around and do things. And so, you know, you got to know it pretty well. But in this thing, it wasn't, it wasn't even there. However, I am told the voice actor was the same voice actor that did the It cartoon. sounded similar, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Japanese voice actor. I do not know anything about the American, what the English was doing for that. So overall, Rizzo, is that a, is that a keeper? Or is that something you want to add to your library? Or is that no. a one and done? <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go out and buy it um I I it's kind of yeah I'd say it's it's kind of a one and done I I would because um, you know, history will need to rewatch it it's 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 like you know I compartment it, it was entertaining I don't consider it bad um it it's just you know it falls into one of those movies for me that's just it was a movie I watched it for two hours it was okay it was good I enjoyed it I don't feel like I wasted my time but it's not something that I'm was endeared to at any level. Maybe if I had been more into the cartoon as a kid, I might feel differently, but which a, is, I think movie. why I feel that I, I yeah. definitely want to own it. I think it was, I think the production value on it was great. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think it was cheap. I've seen some other live action versions that Japanese took a cartoon and made into live action on their end. And they were kind of not so good. <laughs> Avatar, <laughs> Airbender. Yeah. Well, oh, Airbender was that, bad. I mean, gotcha Man was. There was bad. even some worse ones than that, Kent. And you know they were just you know weird tentacle aliens and that kind of thing, and which is very Japanese. Um, but they just didn't translate to the live action. Uh, maybe it was because the visual effects weren't very good at the time when they made them. But um, mm -hmm. so I think from from that standpoint, I think this was which was done really well. Um, like I said, I found it entertaining. Really? Some of the jokes were actually funny. <laughs> so did the jokes fall okay on Western ears? Because it was already kind of melodramatic. Some of the stuff fell strangely onto Western ears, I think. I'm used to it because I am 
into Japan. Japanese. Well, I think it's I think it's somehow it's, it's it's in the translation. It doesn't come through from Japanese to English as well. I think you know I kind of told you like if you ever played with Google Translate, you mm -hmm. know, go and type something in and have it translated to Japanese, and then and have then... it translate it back to English, and it's not the same thing. That you it's talk not the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the same thing. So like so his little his little crew, like when they all come, well, he's sitting there with Shima in the cafeteria and his little band of merry men or whatever the heck they all come yeah. wandering in. They get, like that's your comic relief right there. And I was watching it and I was like, okay, are they getting this? Are they getting that this is the comic relief? One yeah, one thing, this is not on the comedy, but since you're talking about that little band, his little the little the the fighter, the fighter crew there. Jocks. I whatever they yeah, the the the, the squadron. I did think their uniforms were pretty good. I liked yeah. the uniforms. I liked and her that's uniform. directly from the cartoon. I liked her uniform the best. She had the best color combo. I didn't really care for the white so much, but I thought the yellow and was it yellow and black or yeah, yellow, yellow and blue or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, and the thing that. with the arrow pointing down, that yeah, was, that was, was straight from the cartoon. Yeah. Those are pretty good looking. Um, yeah. Just they were okay. I didn't like the fabric, but they... They looked right. Like, they looked like, like the leathers. I think it was supposed to be leather, leather like. Yeah, I, right? I thought that's what I got the impression yeah. it was supposed to be like a leather. Yeah. Fit. So yeah, it's almost like a motorcycle, which you'd kind of see like if you ever see like Japanese motorcyclists or something. It's a very similar look. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. You know, that that really sleek. They wear kind of a very yeah. sleek, similar outfit. Yeah. So um, I did. I did thought that was pretty good. I like the ship design. Um, yeah. The, space, the fighter ships. Um, the fighter ships were cool. Yeah. So I mean, a lot. There's a lot of things I liked Actually, about it. It's just even funny. the the Gamelon ships look cool. We just don't get yeah. into it at all. Like the cartoon no, gets into them so them much more. Much. Yeah. In, in the cartoon, they draw huge parallels between the Gamelons and the Nazis. And the Nazis, yeah. The, that the, the whole thing from the symbols on the uniforms to their leader Deslock. Yeah. Um, well, we saw that. I think he saw that to some degree even in um, in Voltron. You saw no, that absolutely. Kind of same thing. Yeah. You know, I think that was clearly the jet, which is funny. I mean, you know, Japan being part of the Axis power. I mean, but I think obviously now, ultimately in modern times, they 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 realize that they're the a good bad guy. I mean, nobody ever will claim that you shouldn't make a Nazi the bad guy. Right. Right. So, you know, it's 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 the perfect bad guy because even the Germans don't like them. So you know, they, it kind of is the perfect bad guy. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's kind of like that's like that and obviously they're not going to model themselves after the empire you know uh bef you know during the second during the second World war even though they kind of were the bad guy japan, japan um you know they're not going to model they're not going to the say thing. that so here's the thing any good bad guy they don't think they're the bad guy they think of course they're the not. hero of this so of course that, not. the know. nazis didn't see themselves and, as the bad guys no. No, so no and, and deslock was sure he was a good guy yeah <laughs> Which he, I mean, he only he, he eventually does morph into a better guy, doesn't he? Like by the time we're at B Forever Yamato, isn't he like? Yeah, he's yeah, because yeah. they found somebody bigger and badder to start fighting. Yeah, against. They found yeah, the Common Empire came along. And I don't know what else happens, but eventually yeah. we had to join forces with him to fight something else. So that, that, that's of where course. that goes. Right. Um, so okay, so we got our our Starbuck bad girl chick or tough chick, whatever. But then she's just there. She doesn't have to do much in the story i mean she well she yeah. does she's actually a main plot point but she doesn't say much about it or we've got shima who's his best friend i liked his characterization in the cartoon a little better we've got yeah. uh, well they they built up a little bit of the background with her of how she idolized him yeah yeah and that's why she joined and, and that's why she joined and then he quit unbeknownst for the reasons you know that she didn't understand why he quit 
thought he just Shima, they should have fle- now he was the venture character for those of you who keep in track uh, they should have fleshed that out a little bit more that Kodai's character killed Shima's wife Right, um, right. But Shima apparently bears no grudges. <laughs> was like, hey, yeah, well, they, did, they, said they did. They did bring it up, but they didn't really. He was, on, he was doing it too. They were flying. No, together. you gotta remember, you have a you have a two hour film, and you you guys even said you're jamming an entire season series into two hours. Yeah. Into but two hours. Kind something's of an emotional gotta go. Point. Yeah. <laughs> something's gotta they, go. They could have done they, three movies. They and. Yeah. Clearly, that they don't have the greed of the American. Um, they need Hollywood. to do a live action series, is what they need to do, and just well, that, yeah. that probably would have worked too. Although, I think they kept the sets in the ship. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you look at you look at our our you know you look at Hollywood and, and you look at like how they took the Hobbit and made it into three movies, which yeah, is so really yeah. done for financial reasons. You know, it didn't need so, to be three movies. Yeah. So I liked. I was okay with Shima, whatever. I really like the engineer, Tokugawa, which uh, for the Americans is Orion. Really enjoyed him. And the and the doctor. I actually like the scene where he's in the brig and they come and sit in the floor and they're all drinking. It's like, like I like that scene. That And that was, yeah. you know, that was like one of those really cool moments. Um, they was cool, was cool. I like Saito um, as a guy, as a person. Um, he's half Japanese, mom is... Hispanic or Latinx so if you notice he maybe actually did look a little different that's why he seems cool I wonder if he's done any English language movies I don't think any of them have I mean I don't think any of them have either you'd have to look up there well let's see let's go to the I looked on their IMDb's I know the guy that played the captain he has a pretty long uh IMDb and he started on some like Kurosawa films so he's yeah, no stranger he's been to in good everything. cinema. Yeah, he's been in everything. So he's no stranger to good cinema. Um, he did. He was playing a super, super stoic. Now Kent. Okay, I was rewatching some of it. I remember our Avatar with that gruff, gruff voice. What is the twenty one ninety nine Captain Okada like? Um, the same. He feels a great deal of remorse for having abandoned um, lo- uh, uh, what's his name's uh, brother. Yeah, Kodai. Um, no, the Kodai's he's voluntarily. Kodai did, but if if the admiral had kept his ships in the fight, he might not have been killed. Um, they they could have all limped home instead of sacrificing one ship okay. to save the others. Um, he feels a great deal of remorse about that. Um, they they didn't do the huge reveal about there not really being a device. Spoiler alert. I don't. Um, I think that's unique to the movie because I remember that. Yeah, that never either. happened in the in the I series. I think there which, was actually a device in the cartoon. I think. Yeah, and, and Queen Starsha gives oh, it to him, and they bring it back. I know what it was. In this, they merged the two. They merged the Gamelons and the Iskandarians. Like they made them almost the same. Whereas in the cartoon, and they're clearly two. They're like two sister planets. They're two completely right, separate. but they're in the same solar system. Yeah, they're in the same solar system. And they have an agreement not to attack one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's only a few people left on Iskandar because they had a war. Yeah. And Queen Starsha's there, and and Deslok's in love with her. Yeah, so, and they end up having a kid, I think. I, Son of Deslock, yeah, something like that. Um, there's always a son of Deslock. The, the, but the, yeah, the captain too, yeah. was a stoic. He, um, it, it takes him a lot longer in the cartoon, obviously, to start trusting Kodai with any sort of command positions. Um, and he doesn't die. 
Oh yeah, so the ending. Let's talk about the very ending. That's not the ending of the original series. That's the ending no. of Farewell Yamato. Yamato. Right. So they, yeah, they took the ending of another series and tacked it up. That was a little weird. Also, there's one series that ends with Captain Avatar doing that, with him running the ship, like doing the ramming movement. And I can't remember which right. one that is now. Uh, you sure that's not Farewell Yamato? No, that. Maybe it was farewell, and it was it was the captain. But I thought there was one where Wildstar did it. Oh. Maybe I'm maybe I'm getting them all mixed up because they were the ghosts. Like there was like okay, I'm seeing the dead Jedi, and I'm seeing the Harry Potter <laughs> dead ghosts. And stuff. Like I don't like that. I, that's not a favorite of mine. When when no. you I Obi Wan okay they... whatever. I when but when Harry Potter was seeing all the dead people, and I was like, no, come on. Get to the end. Get to it. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> we got stuff to do. <laughs> and we've left Rizzo behind because he didn't watch no, any of the anime. He was no, Googling IMDb or something. Up, I'm looking up some other thing, so go ahead. And All right. Well, Rizzo's <laughs> looking stuff up. I'm going to wander back over to the comments. Hello, Stuart Foley. How are you doing? Um, Phil is saying, yes, the original Star Blazers was 1974. Uh, um, but in the U.S. it was 7980. 7980. Yeah, he says, and the Captain Star Blades sometimes seem the way um, almost played Adama. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, the gruff, silent, stoic. Yep. Sure, why not? Definitely Adama is based on. Yep. Yeah, Bruce is like, if this had been an American film, it would have been two hours longer for background and exposition. Yeah, there wasn't, yeah, it probably would have. No, it would have been four movies. It it yeah, it would have been four movies. Yeah. And they would fire the wave motion gun at least once per movie. At least. Minimum. No, more than one. I mean, you know, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then they're talking about the rain. All right, guys, glad you're listening to us. We've got a... Does anybody have any questions or comments about Yamato? <laughs> we tend to go far afield on these, don't we? We do, but that's okay. I, I have no problem. Yeah, Phil is saying the story is so thick from the original series. It makes the uh, the film seem overlong, throws the pacing. Yeah, it does. It, and it is a really simple story, but if you leave anything out, people are like, no, wait, we needed that one point there because it was important to the story. Well, okay, so my major critique of the film is you don't really get introduced to any of the Gamelons all you see is the robot ships. I agree. I mean, it, you, the Gamelons had Desla. characters. You meet Desla and you sort of meet Starsha, except she's not Starsha. I don't know she right. Um, but, but I mean, there, yeah. was, there was this guy, he was, a, he was like a sub commander. He was a wolf pack guy who was after the Amato for personal reasons, as well as um, the, because oh, yeah. Deslock told him to Did go. Did you know this original story was also meant to include Harlock, Captain Harlock? And then they had to cut it because it was it was gonna be yeah. The yeah. original the writers were gonna put Harlock in there too, which is kind of interesting to me because Harlock to me is well I can't imagine it, but okay maybe yeah not not being there but it, it was it, they didn't personalize any of the gamelons. No, they didn't. They should have because because when they're fleshed out, they make a much more interesting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they were they were a very nameless enemy it was just the bad guy yeah, yeah. Bruce just... is reminding us according to imdb disney owned the rights in the 90s and we're going to do live action only they raised the arizona i remember that bruce i remember hearing about that and i remember being like 
Yeah. Mm, yikes. No, don't do that. Please space just battleship the Arizona. Story. Yeah, the uh, space battleship Arizona. Mm, no. No, that would have been, and I don't think that would have gone over well. Um, no, no. And American, you know what? In the American, yeah, in the Americanization, they put they squeezed lines in on purpose that specifically said this is the Yamato, but we are going to rechristen it and rename it the Argo so that it will be a vessel of hope and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, and they made that very specific. They did that on purpose for the American series. I would be very curious to know if they also did that for European versions um, or if they just left it Yamato for European versions. But they were, yeah. And I actually, I'm going to put you guys a link to a really great background documentary. Let me pull it up here. Where they're talking about the guys, the producers, are talking about how stressed out they knew this thing would go to American audiences. And they were like, we need to demilitarize it. We need to remove like, so they originally had like chrysanthemums on things. They're like, no, no, we gotta take all of that out. Um, Cause you know, chrysanthemum is the Japanese national emblem. And they, they had a whole bunch of more militaristic kind of things. They're like, no, 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 no. When, when it finally aired in Japan, they had removed all of that and kind of neutralized it because their hope is that it would be a success. And if it was a success, it would go to the States and they wanted it to be super neutral. In fact, there's a scene at the beginning. Kind of, the reversal. Kind of yeah. the reversal of what Hollywood does now with the, with the Chinese thing. Sometimes, you got to neutralize yeah. all the movies so they don't criticize the Chinese. So it'll have a market in China. Here it is. Let me put this link up. If you guys want a really great background um, on just, Yamato in general. Oh, where our conversation go? Oh, Facebook. Hello, Facebook. There we go. Um, this is a fantastic uh, documentary or retrospective right there. Um, yeah, and so they have this scene where they're marching. They're marching, and it's a military parade. And they're going to the, and they're going to go take off. And they're like, oh, we got to change the music and make it less military and more happy. And they did, like, they did a whole bunch of stuff to change it because they wanted they want it to be accepted by American audiences. Um, I don't know. I'd like to think most of us have have the respect in us to, uh, or at least the maturity and the diplomacy in us to respect a Japanese story being a Japanese story. Not everything has to be completely whitewashed. Not whitewashed. What the word is? Completely redone for us. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I think America would would the smart part of America would get around and over it, but Joe Sixpack. No, yeah, and there's the other part. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's 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 true. It's hard to you know we're not very as a people. Also, if you guys <laughs> are there's, all... a, there's a pretty big split between between the ones that can accept that for what it is and the ones. Yeah. That... If anyone's interested in the special effects, this is there's nothing too big on here. It just shows the special effects. It. But I'll share. I'll oh, share. I did have a question earlier, and um, about the um, about how oh, the planet being bombarded was oh. the same. You know, I don't remember that they made it clear in the um, cartoon, but it was because they were going to terraform it anyway, so they didn't care if the surface was screwed. I up. got the impression that they liked the radiation, so that's why. You know, like they're, yeah, they're they were human or humanoid. I don't think they could live. Well, I don't know. Well, maybe they. Well, I mean, maybe, in the movie, they didn't yeah. really find out what they were. They were those. I mean, were those aliens that were attacking them in the cave? Just they're like soldiers that were more like. I got the impression that they weren't really the actual aliens. They were just 
they were just like their fodder drones <laughs> like yeah. drones there you go yeah they were just the drones so i don't I know if they could don't really saw them or... there you go it was silly Shush. silly growling at something I don't know if they could just live with the radiation or they could get rid of it themselves if they could tell hey humans come get this thing that gets rid of radiation they surely have the technology so maybe they were like yeah get and then we'll get rid of it and then we'll well, in Yamato 2199, they're just, they want to kill us because they see us as a future threat. I don't think they were particularly after Earth because they have oh, really? hundreds of planets. Really? I thought, see, I thought, so for the old series, they were after Earth. Right. Thought, it, but so Yamato 2199 that. changes that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, Yamato 2199 changes a bunch of things, but, but yeah, I'm still going to check it out. I, I think that's great. Um, I, I think it's worth it. Roy, Roy is saying next gen paid uh, played paid tribute to Yamato in the second season Contagion. Oh yeah, the other uh, galaxy, the second galaxy class starship was called Yamato. Yamato, you're right. Cool. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. All right. She blew up because she got a virus. Yeah. So. Boy, that poor Yamato. Poor Yamato has a bad. <laughs> a bad name. Bad don't name. Yeah, don't name your ship that. Might be bad like, luck. I, I don't know. Don't don't call anything Titanic. Bad. Is Tilly growling at thunder? No, or, or Bismarck for that matter. Bismarck. No, or the Bismarck. Yeah, no, no, no. Now you get that song in my head, like we have to sing the Bismarck. Never mind. <laughs> hey, you know, was it uh, African Queen? Isn't that what they went? No, it wasn't the Bismarck. They were they were singing some. It was a German World War One. You ever see African Queen? Yeah, Humphrey Bogart. It yeah, was a German the, though? Right. Yeah, it, was, it, was the it wasn't a, it was some kind of ship that they were trying to go. It wasn't, wasn't the Bismarck. I don't remember that. That's much later. It was the World War One era battleship. Anyway, great movie if you have Oh, the Turpits? I don't remember now. I have to watch it. I haven't seen the movie in years. Well, you know, no, that's clear. Weren't they after a U-boat? Wasn't there a U-boat no, no, in no, the it was, a, it was a ship that they were they were gonna try to sink. It was like a battleship. Or not a battleship, but it was like a cruiser or something that was terrorized. Interesting. Now that, I got to go back. Africa. It's a great movie if you ever see it. I mean, if you haven't seen The African Queen. Yeah, Phil, Phil's talking about the, that doc. I just, yeah, it talks a lot about the music. So the music, um, okay, everyone type now. Who's saying the closing credits? Everyone start typing. Did somebody, somebody, who's saying the, the end theme? Um, Phil, on that doc I just posted, they talk about the music. The, they were very, very careful in particular with their music. It ended up being like wildly popular, the soundtrack to this cartoon in Japan. And it was like their best-selling album by leaps and bounds for like years. And they would have nights where they'd have concerts, kind of like the way we have like John Williams concerts where we all where we get together and just listen to Star Wars music, or we all just get together and listen to a whole night of just Star Trek music. They will, they will all get together and have a night of Yamato music. And there, it's really great, actually. It's, it's cool music. Yeah, that, that's, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. So, they, and they're, so they're doing that, and um, which was why it cracked me up. And no one's answering. None of you watch this movie because none of you know who sang the end song. So they're so careful and so protective of their music and who sings their songs and all that. Why did they have this band come to and how what? Tommy Toon. No. I'll give I, you a clue. I, the name of the song is Love Lives. And I think it played here in the States too. I don't I don't know. I don't even remember. I can't even pick list, you know, imagine it in my head. It's um 
Oh God, now I can see his face and it just went right out of my head. Uh, Armageddon, who sang Armageddon's on there. Uh, oh, Steven Tyler? Yeah, Aerosmith, yes. So at the very end, at the very end, so the, it, the movie ends on the, him ramming the ship and the thing exploding. That's the end of the movie. Then the credits right, start. Right. And over the credits, you see um, Nickelback. Yeah, Bruce Playford got it, Steven Tyler. No, again, it's not Nickelback. Um, then when the credits play, you see her, never Nickelback, Yuki, no. and a little boy, which you assume to be Kodai's kid. And they're on a nice green, so like, okay, yep, they got the planet back. That's great. And while and while this is going on, Aerosmith is singing, and it's really weird. <laughs> it's just weird. It's like the end of Armageddon, like like, like overly. Well, yeah, in Armageddon. It, it's clearly they forced in Armageddon. They clearly forced the Aerosmith stuff because Liv Tyler is in the movie. I yeah, mean, well, they, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. shoehorn. They yeah. shoehorn. Some of their songs, although they're great songs, they shoehorn them into places where it didn't like, really fit. You guys have so much great music to choose from. So many great Yamato themes. Why did you go with it? Is it on the Japanese version that way or is it just the American yes. version? It is on the Japanese version. Not the Japanese version. Yeah. Because I guess a summer blockbuster needs to have like a big band thing in their song. Come on, you want to? Well, quick squirming. Oh my god, she's begging to come up, but then when I go to get her, oh, yeah. yeah, I didn't even notice that it was that when I watched it. It took me. I was like, "Blow! What? What is this? Why are you doing?" Pretty clear. I wonder is Daryl Smith or is it just Stephen Tyler? I think it's Daryl Smith, but okay. maybe he's not. Maybe it's just Stephen Tyler. Yeah, I know. I think it's Daryl Smith, and I think that song got airplay here in the states too. I, I have a very clear memory of that song. Maybe maybe because I watched this movie like I saw it a long time ago too. Stupid factoid, he has a house not far from here. There you go. He comes, every once in a while, he comes to the hospital for stuff. <laughs> Methadone. I don't think that's it. <laughs> He's short. He's a little guy. Narcan? No. <laughs> now can't be nice. All right, what? Huh? Wait, you're saying that... that Steven Tyler didn't take illicit substances. I'm not saying. I'm not saying one. <laughs> just, I have no idea. Like even oh, our yes, lead, even our lead actor. So our lead actor was like really big in a boy band. Well, he's like in his 40s now, but he was hot in a boy band back in the day. And then he's had this whole. He's been on the radio and he's been in all kinds of. He's like a really established actor. He's kind of like their version of Justin Timberlake. Yeah, he's clearly a pretty boy. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, no, but I mean, it's just you could tell he's like the Japanese version of. He's, he's, he's good looking, yes. Yeah. But so yeah, so he's like they're Justin Timberlake. Even he could have sang something <laughs> that would have oh. like at least kept it in the kept it in the right realm. But no, Aerosmith. Hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. I, again, you're trying to get your head into the Japanese mindset, and but they are, you know. I wonder if it had something to do with they do. Uh, I don't know. Say envy is not the right word, but. They do uh, enjoy American culture. Yeah, they use a lot of our stuff. They, yeah. They, yeah, they love a lot of American things. So it doesn't surprise yeah. me that they would put an American yeah. artist into their and film they, like that. Yeah, they, but, and they do a lot of, like, if you put the subtitles on and listen to the Japanese, you'll hear a lot of words. Orion Tokugawa always says engine. He says engine all the time. Surely there's a Japanese word for engine, but he never says it. He says engine. And when they pull the gun out to shoot the gun, he's like, he says it's the targeting scope. And he'll say, target the scope or whatever. 
And I'm like, well, surely you've got words for target and scope and you could say it in Japanese. No, we're gonna say target the scope. I don't know. It's that just happens a lot in Japanese yeah. though, because there are there are words that they don't have words for. I wonder. So they adopt the American. And I'm just spitballing a little bit here, but a lot of going back again, you go like back, all the way back to the Second World War and before, a lot of their naval officers went to school at you our mentioned. Naval Academy. In yes. The so yeah, I'm I'm what they're, they're doing is they're picking up our terms. And because there's no necessarily an even Japanese translation, they're just using the American word. Yeah, maybe. I, I'm just guessing. I don't know, but I do know like a lot of their admirals and stuff, even then during the Second World War, learned naval warfare from our naval academy. Yamamoto hmm. went to college in yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. So, um, you know, so that, that's probably where that crossover is coming in. Well, it exists, yeah, in, in technical words, sure. And if you listen to any Japanese pop song, you're going to hear a ton of American words, or not, of English, I should say English, because they're not specifically American. Right. Well, there's English and there's American. Now, where, where, yeah, I, I speak I, American. I don't speak English. Yeah, yeah, I, say, I, speak, I speak two languages, English I, and bad English. English and bad English. <laughs> I, I started, I had a reason to start down this path, and now I don't remember what it was. Sorry. That's all right. Welcome to Sci-Fi Distilled, where we always get derailed. And the points don't matter. If <laughs> everything's made up and the points don't matter. Yeah. So yeah, so this was a fun movie. Two hours fly by. Even I'm though, fine. even if you don't know what the hell's going on, it's still, you know, fun enough to watch. It's eye candy. It's massive it's eye, candy. eye candy. Yeah, I mean it's it's it it's entertainment if you just take it for what it is. If you're not like, you know, like Kent, where you've been a fan since you were a kid of watching the cartoon or whatever. And you just want to watch the movie, a science fiction movie that you got to kill a couple hours. Watch it. You know what I'm saying? Just watch yeah. it and, and take it for what fan, it is. And if you are a fan, watch it. They they yeah. did a really, really good job cramming a ton of detail in there. Good job. Yeah. Takazama, what's his name? What's our director's name? Hang on. <laughs> I lost you. Where did you go, director? Say what? I wouldn't even probably try to pronounce his name. But oh, I can't find the live action. Hang on, I'll find it. I got it right here. There it is. Because the guy who directed it also was the VFX Yamazaki. director. Yamazaki. Yes, Takashi Yamazaki. Good job, Yamazaki. What else have you done? I want to watch your other movies. Oh, yeah. Or He's just watching an Akira film, Akira Kurosawa. Or just so... watch some Kurosawa. Because that's and, and look for Captain lift. Okita because he was in two of them. Yes. You're assuming that he's done other science fiction shows. So. Yeah, good point. Here, let's pull it up again. Parasite Part One and Two. That's got to be science fiction. That's got to be science fiction. Unless it's about like some guy that moves into your house and doesn't want to leave. Fueled the man <laughs> called Pirate. Arr. Arr. <laughs> Again, I think some of these are just uh, the translations don't quite fit. The fighter pilot, we don't know that could be anything. So, Eternal Zero. Some interesting. All right. Interesting. One thing right. I will say about this this series, though, it didn't have giant monsters like. Um, no. Like, no giant kaiju. No kaiju. Oh, well. No kaiju. No kaiju kind of stuff. No tentacles. There were some no. in the animated. 
no, yes. no critical monsters. Did you guys know there was actually a movie called Atlantic Rim? Like, I know there was Pacific Rim. I know that. Kaiju, yes, I, I know. No, Pacific Pacific Rim Pacific Rim a long time ago, there was a movie called Atlantic Rim. Did it have Kaiju? I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, then there's no point in watching it. 2013, yeah, so my, low budget. One of my connections, though, to this not connected. Oh, it did have kaiju types. It has big things. Oh, well, then I'll have to watch it. Um, it is it is a B movie or C, possibly D movie. So, yeah, we should. Yeah. It's keep going down the list. So, but. Um, I started Z and worked my way up. The, my, my, my thing with this, it's funny because, you know, the whole the whole ship being based on the original battleship Keep, that's what I keep going back to because naval battles, particularly World War II, are, I don't want to say I'm a buff, but I, I find them very interesting. I read a, a lot of books about those battles. So yeah. it's like, you know, I, and, and, and to me, it's just all I kept thinking about was that's where my brain kept going back to. You kept going to World War II. You know, the Battle of Philippines, see the Philippine Sea and stuff like that and all those, yeah. how basically the- Leahy Golf is a great one. I have a great book if somebody's interested about that whole and, and you know, the, the carriers and how basically that the battleship, not to get too much into history, but the, that was the end of the era of the battleship. The Japanese had put all their eggs into that battleship basket. Yep. And so even the their own admirals were saying battleships are not the power anymore. It's all aircraft carriers. Aircraft carriers, yeah. And, and that's what the Americans, that's why the Americans just didn't, they could keep the carriers far away from the battleship and just send planes, wave after wave yeah. of planes after them. And the battleships were helpless. Those big guns didn't do anything against aircraft. Yeah. You know, so um, it was just, they, know, they were, they were specifically it, for shore bombardment. Right. They were, yeah. and, 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 and basically the old style, like you see in Pirates of the Caribbean, of broadside battling other battleships, just pounding each other you know, with, with big guns and, yeah. and that, that, that wasn't modern warfare anymore. Yeah. Cause it was, cause Unless you watch the movie Battleship, which is one of those Z movies. <laughs> <laughs> that movie. Oh, the one, the one where the aliens. Yeah, yes. the aliens the guns. Come, and they have to refit the, the guns, ship. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, it's in a museum, but we're just going to go. Again, it was it a silly movie. It was definitely a silly <laughs> movie and it was a, certainly a weird take on the game. Which is what it was supposed to be, but 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 visually it was stunning. It was it was it entertaining was. though, right? I mean, you watched it. Wasn't an hour and a half, two hours long, and and you were like, yep. okay. But it falls to me that one falls into the same thing as Pacific Rim. I mean, it's just kind of ridiculous to right. watch it. Yeah. The yeah. only it's reason you're watching Pacific Rim. Yeah. The aliens had those really dome things, and they yeah. were. And Re I remember Rihanna. Rihanna was in it. Yeah, right. That was like, like her big, her one. Film. Yeah, her one movie. Not more, but. <laughs> And, they just and the uh, the army guy with the with the with artificial the legs, legs. Yeah. right? It was a real army guy with artificial army guy legs. With legs. Yeah. 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 So you know, it was a, it was a fun kind of a fun movie. It wasn't a great movie. It was a fun movie. I like it. Can, hey, that's that's why you watch Pacific list. Rim because it that's has giant true. robots like and giant kaiju. You know what? We need to put Pacific was, Rim on the list too. I saw oh, the yeah. second one. The first one was better, way better than the second one. But we can put Pacific and Atlantic Rim on the. Yeah, I'll have to look up this Atlantic Rim one because it's, it's like a B. It's it's worse than B movie. It's a bad movie. It's bad. It's worse than B. What gets worse than B? We're into like what, like Ed Wood school level of film, or <laughs> we're into film school films. <laughs> we're into man film films. <laughs> hey, stop.
Ed, Ed, Ed Wood was the king of suspension of disbelief. He... All right. No, Roger Corman. You think so? Let's move oh, movies were worse than Ed Wood's films? Wow. They had a uh, No, there's no worse films than, no, no. Plan 9 from Outer Space is the worst movie ever made. That's what makes True, it but Toxic Avenger and... It's, and... it's pretty bad, but Toxic Avenger doesn't take it. Toxic Avenger, I kind of put in with Evil Dead crowd. Yeah, the, like yeah, the difference, the difference with Toxic Avenger is they knew they were making a piece of crap. Yeah. Right. They, knew they were making, it was folks funny. Ed Wood thought he was making his opus. His was making his, art, uh, yeah. His, uh, Citizen Kane. And it was, it was horrible. It was so bad. You need to wash your mouth out now because you said Citizen Kane and Plan 9 from Outer Space in the same sentence. Well, but but Ed Wood was a huge fan of Orson Welles. Oh, so okay. there was like there's that connection there. I mean, like he like, you know, he wanted to be Orson Welles. Yeah, but my point is you said Plan 9 from Outer Space and, and Citizen Kane <laughs> in the same sentence. You have to you have to pay results. They, they each have their own. Yeah, they do. Bruce's Atlantic Rim got 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. 10%. Wow. That's what my category? kind of movie. What category have, is, is that? On, is it on like YouTube or something or, or cheap Canadian bootleg TV? I've, no, I've never seen it anywhere. I didn't even know Netflix, it existed. Netflix might have it. Netflix has everything. No, they really don't actually. But I, It was my research for this thing that kind of made it, that put it on my radar for some reason. I don't oh, know man. why. Well, you know, I, I, I get picky. I'd rather watch a movie I've seen a hundred times than a really bad movie. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, but you I might discover a gem. You might. Yeah, I might. have. It's it's come along. You know, um, you know, you pull out some of these movies that I'm going through some of these old stuff like from the '80s that I hadn't seen, and, and I'm like, this is a really that, good that'll movie. be on the stars. Yeah, that was '70s, but yeah, with John Boy. I just watched that relatively recently. Really? Yeah. You got to do that on Roy's show. Maybe like a year ago, I say recently. But like, you know what I was watching? You know what I was just watching, which was I've forgotten about, which is a great movie, was Enemy Mine. I told Mary that was very good. I said Mary Beth Gossett was robbed when he didn't get the Oscar for that. Yeah, he should have. And and really, I mean, it's a in a lot of ways, I'm watching again. I'm like, this is like a a remake of of, um, Robinson Crusoe in Space on Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Darmok and Gelada Tanaka. And, I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's got a lot of a lot of common themes and it's really good film. If you ever, we're gonna do that one. We will. Enemy we will. Enemy Mine. Yeah, I'm it. up for that. Yeah, if you haven't watched Enemy Mine, go watch that one. Uh, 1985. So, good. Let's talk about some good science fiction. Some of the best from the 70s. Roy is going to be doing coming up here, including one of my favorite, favorite, favorite films. This Friday, Roy and Ross are going to do Westworld, the Westworld movie, not the HBO reboot. Oh. Yul Brenner. Yul Brenner, who I can only who I can only think of it singing and dancing. As a kid, watched it recently again and went, "Wow, this is not a good movie." <laughs> I mean, it was just very campy. Oh, the Westworld. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? I thought that was okay. It was okay. It just wasn't how I remembered it. From when I remembered it as a kid, I was scared because you know, Rule Yul Brenner coming after him, he was so focused. I mean, he was. Logan's Run did that. I just watched it like a little while back. I actually have the Blu-ray, and I'm like, this is this is kind of silly. I I went back and watched Logan's. I like. I watched Logan's Run, and that holds up. The Logan's Run holds up. Run's great movie. All right, but anyway, back to Roy. So Roy's doing Westworld the movie on Friday, but 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 I'm super excited because on Sunday, 
from Westworld, the new HBO reboot, he has dun, 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 Jimmy Simpson, who played the young cowboy in the black hat. Who's doing, he, he doesn't have a character name. It was just cowboy in the it was just black hat guy, right? Um, he did have a character name. Did he have a character name? He was the one that was one of the androids. No, he's a real man. Maybe I'm thinking of a different guy. And if you really want to waste your time, go see Future World. Or, not good. Is that a Westworld spinoff? It is. It's a, it's the sequel to it's 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 the same universe and everything. It happens. It's a sequel to Westworld. Um, different, you know. The robots don't go crazy, but it's kind of a. It's got uh, Peter Fonda in it. It's not. It's not that good. Also, um, Jimmy was in, if you guys saw Black Mirror and you saw the USS Callister episode, which was the Star Trek episode, um, he was in that. And he plays, in, in Westworld, Ed Harris plays the old version and he plays the young version of this black hat character. Oh, okay. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. Sorry, did I lose you there? I'm sorry. No, I, I know what you're talking character's about. Name. When you said Ed Harris. It's, it's Ed yeah. Harris and then Jimmy Simpson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Oh, great. That's cool. That's pretty good. That's super cool. I'm super excited. And then coming He's up, also in um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes, yeah, he's in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And he had a recurring role on The Late Show as some comedy sketch thing. I don't know. He's around. He's around. You'll, you'll know him. As soon as you see him, you're going to recognize him. And then the next Friday, they're doing one of my favorite, favorite, favorite movies. Uh, Roy and Ross are doing Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm, that's a good one. I love it. I was like, are you guys going to do it? Because if you're not going to do it, I'm stealing it. Because I love that movie. That is a fantastic movie. So he, Ross and Roy have a fantastic lineup coming up for the next. Oh, and then that Sunday. It's ours truly. It's, it's Rizzo and myself. And we will be talking about. Forbidden Planet, um, another iconic movie from 1954, 53. I want to say four. Directly responsible for large swaths of Star Trek. Directly responsible for large, and there's Robbie. Yep. One of the few robots who doesn't turn evil at the end. Like, they always go bad. He did. I was waiting for it to happen, though, and it didn't. I was disappointed. It's the whole movie, yeah. <laughs> And then what are we doing next week? Phil, if you're still watching, this is your official reminder. Next week, we're going to take, because I got to remind him, we're going to do something just a tiny bit different, and we're going to wander over into the fantasy realm, wander away from the- Another make me watch. Into the, and it is another make me watch, because Rizzo had never seen it. Uh, neither has Phil. Phil, you See have what? one week to watch The Princess Bride. <gasps> Somebody who hasn't seen The Princess Bride? I know, right? That's on American. The yeah, and Phil. Right? How can you guys have not seen The Princess Bride? You know, it's one of those things where people keep telling me to watch something. The more you tell me I got to watch something, the less you I want to watch. resist watching it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prepare to be pleasantly surprised. The funniest, thing is, the funniest thing is I quote the movie all the time that I've never seen. That's what Phil said, too. Phil's like, I know all the jokes already. Because it's an infinitely quotable movie. Yeah. Which now I'm worried. Now I'm going to be like, oh, maybe you guys aren't going to like it because it's not going to hit you the way it hit us who've seen it. Well, like, yes, I think it'll be fine. I mean, I like Billy Crystal and, you know, I think I think it'll be good. Yeah, Billy, yeah, Billy Crystal is awesome. It's a great movie. It's really well cast. I hope you like it. So, and then guys, we're going to end on that lovely sweet, uh, not tonight we're not going to end, but next 
Wednesday, we're going to end on that we're lovely taking a little sabbatical. And we're going to take a little tiny, yeah, a little tiny hiatus because someone's going to Maine. I got vacation. Someone has vacation. We will let Rizzo go to Maine. We're going to. Do you have to quarantine at either end? No. Yeah, you have to quarantine in Maine. Nope, New Hampshire is a welcome state. Huh. Only the Massachusetts people need to quarantine or prove that they they don't have COVID. You have to when you come here, you have to quarantine too. So so don't come here. Well, I'm well. I pass through there all the time, but it's just passing. Yeah. So Maine, Maine, you don't have to unless you're. I think actually all the New England states and New York, Maine's okay with just Massachusetts. <laughs> they singled <laughs> you guys out. And- that's just in New I York like Boston, right? being strict. I, I guess. I was surprised because Connecticut, but Connecticut, I guess, is it's dropping as well. So Connecticut's leading the way right now. They're doing yeah, really well. Yeah, they're doing pretty well. So um, in New Hampshire, we've had, we're still only at like, you know, a few thousand, oh, like 6,000 cases or something. Me like either. Roy, you've got to watch Princess Yeah, Bright. but there's only 8,000 people in the whole state. No, that's true. Our whole pop, where we have the most, the funny thing is, since we're on the subject, most of our population is in the southern part near the mass border. Yeah, near me, near Nashville, yeah. And that's where all our cases less are. Less populated as you go We're very, yeah, we are, we're you like, guys want to hear something like with northern New York and stuff like that. Vermont, we're kind of more Yeah. Spread, so. You want to hear something crazy. Massachusetts and the entire nation of Canada are neck and neck in the numbers. Right now, Massachusetts has 114,000 confirmed cases. Canada has 113,000. We have like 6,000 in the state. Yeah, you do. Massachusetts has 8,000 and something deaths. Canada has 8,000 and something deaths. Like we, the state of Massachusetts and the entire country of Canada are like, right, like, right like this. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, we're going to win, damn it. (laughs) We're going to win. We are? It's getting better. We have, it's getting better. (laughs) We're not going politics. Just, no, let's just keep the politics out of it. All right, all right. Put your mask on. Shut all up. All right. So everybody. All right. So anyway, Roy. I have a tie-dyed mask. Kick-ass stuff coming up. We are doing Princess Bride next week before vacation, and then we're taking suggestions for when we come back in September because we want to. We don't want to quit. We're having fun. This is a great way to pass a pandemic, and yeah, then we will still be pandemic in September. So. And some of you guys that are following the Facebook page, we have some some the t-shirts available. We're just, we're not making, they're, they're just for fun. We just want a t-shirt. So if you want a shirt or a sweatshirt and or something, do, feel free. Since you've had so many people guest hosting, do the guest hosts get free merch? Yeah, no. Uh, we get, wish. Everybody, there's 15% off for the next couple of weeks off. If you, think, you just order it. We get like a little tiny bit of money, which helps me cover some of the costs of the, but it's not like, not telling anybody to go out and buy anything. If you want it's to, just great. Fun. We, we just wanted t-shirts. Totally fine. We just wanted t-shirts for ourselves. We just wanted our own t-shirts. <laughs> so so feel free to buy a sci-fi distilled t-shirt if you want one. But we're That's it. We're That's all my plug. I'm not going to bug you about it anymore. No, we won't bug you about it, but we are learning because I didn't know how this whole thing worked. <laughs> and I, gave, I was like giving Rizzo suggestions. Like, there, I did it. I'm like, no, wait, we're still in the research phase. There. Whatever. But now we get t-shirts. So, anyway, uh, I guess that's about wraps it up. We'll see you next week with Captain Phil. I did have a graphic, but eh, we won't probably put it up. Um, you'll oh, see. <laughs> Look at the production values, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, well, that's how we work around here. Kent. Have you not been around enough or not? Come on now. <laughs> so anyway, good night, guys. Thank you all for coming. Good Thank night, you guys. for coming, and we will see you next time. Thanks for watching everyone open mind, Rizzo.